What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Master of the Sport. Just so you know, we're filming this directly after Christmas, and Earl got himself a brand new PS5. Yeah. I actually bought I actually bought a PS5 this year. Did you? Uh-huh. Where? I bought it, and then I gave it away. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome of you. Who did you give it away to? Uh, Alex won it at our discus competition. Oh, nice. Yeah. So... We'll see how the video goes because it hasn't been released yet. Oh By the goodness. time this goes out, it will be. That must be. Man, Alex I wish won I could it. Throw the discus. Yeah, it was like it basically came down to Sam, Alex, and uh, Josh Sharachin, who was going to win it, and and Alex came away with the the dub, and he's been sending me videos like, man, this PS5 is so awesome. <laughs> Check this out. It is awesome. <laughs> It's I, fun. I, yeah, that's a. There's I, a new Gran Turismo game coming out. I know that's uh, like. Dramatic. That's like the only. I the, think it's number seven. 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 <laughs> and it, it looks pretty intense. It's yeah. not my style. I'm more like the. Um, uh, what should we call it? They're like old school NES Link type games. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, Zelda. Yeah. Like yeah. games. Uh, old school ones though. So like Hyper Light Drifter is my one. But I started playing this new one called Death's Door. Your crow and like. You just go around reaping souls type of thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's neat. But then it's also like cartoony and silly. Well, okay, so if my kids, my kid just got a Nintendo Switch. They've played Zelda. What do you think is the biggest lesson that they, that they can learn from playing Zelda? From Zelda? Yeah, or just video games Problem in general. Problem solving. Okay. You also, too, video games teach you a skill called telescoping. So, like, you can zero in. So, like, the goal is, like, Zelda, beat Ganon, right? Yeah. Like, that's the, beat the final boss. But to beat Ganon... You have to first do this. So you have to beat the first temple. Well, yeah. you, you find out there's eight temples. So now you, you know you have to beat seven other temples. Each temple has a goal in it. You have to find the master key. You have to find the map. You have to unlock all that stuff. So it's so, a lot of problem solving. Yeah. Well, not just problem solving, but it teaches you how to arrange goals. Yeah. It doesn't uh, flat out true, yeah. say that. It's like this is... Yeah. It puts task one, task two, task yeah. three. Okay, now this task. All right, move on to the next one. And it's sort of a repetition of yeah. that task. But the difficulty increases. So it's like putting more load on the bar. It's like adding more volume to what yeah. you're expected to do. And then also, too, as you progress through the game, you find more tools to complete tasks. So you get a little more skilled and... Your kinesthetic vocabulary gets a little bit more. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> it does make sense, though. You follow completely. Yeah, no, that you makes sense. You know exactly sense. what I'm talking about. It makes sense. That. I just want to hate it. Yeah, hand-eye coordination. I think playing video games, especially first-person shooters, would help people who play baseball or any like sport where you have to follow an object, especially a small one, at high speed. Yeah. Like if you watch a professional person play a first-person shooter, you're clueless almost. So what's like, going what's, on, what's happening, what they're yeah. seeing, and what's taking place. I like, can see it. It's I mean, so fast. I've watched, like, video game reactions or, or like, guys that are live streaming and stuff, and it, I'm often, like, I don't even know what's happening. Yeah, and I know you have, like, uh, eagle eye. Yeah. Like, I've seen you see things. I'm like, how do you notice that? <laughs> like, just weird things. My wife was watching my son play this game. We got to watch, and she's just like, "I don't know how the two of you follow what's going on the screen." I'm like, "It's not that complicated." <laughs> and like, I'm just you know, dad at home sitting playing. I'm not yeah, doing anything not spectacular with it. Speaking about being older, and dad at home, and then like, it's like I gotta get home, but I want to lift first. Yes. Come on, you know what you do, right? You just you, lift. You, yeah, you skip the warm-up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're just like, uh. Hey, <laughs> sometimes I will warm up with the bar. 
with the bar. Yeah. You don't just go right to 135 or whatever with I'll, your bench. I'll, so I sometimes if I'm squatting, I'll go bar 70, 120. Okay. So that bar is my warm up. I was gonna say I'm not, I'm not as strong as you, so I go like bar 70, 110. Okay. Yeah. And but, also too, I don't have. But I'm not doing anything else that I should be doing. Yeah, me either. But oftentimes, especially lately, I'm like. Maybe it's time I start paying attention more to this. One, because I think it would help me physically warming up. But two, so I can, like, I've done a decent job learning about it. But I think if I did it myself, I would just learn that much more on how I could help my, my athletes a little bit more. Warming up is like the idea of being like once a man, twice a child. Like that's what happens. Like when you're a young kid, you're like, I'm not warming up. I don't need this. Yes. And then you become like, professional like yeah. you very and not necessarily professional you're making money but professional in your attitude and your behaviors how you go about the process and you warm up and you're very deliberate with it and then you get old again and you're just like eh. yep i don't need it yeah yeah so what do you find then are your favorite movements so like if you're squatting how do you besides the weight like the seven uh bar 70 120 yeah what do you do that's special to like in those three reps or whatever, those three weight sets to actually like warm up. Pause. You pause? Yeah, I'll pause in the hole and then I'll go double bounce and then I go normal. Okay. Always. It's like Three reps or do you do it all in one thing? It depends because if I have the bar where I'm doing 70, I'll do like pause, up, pause, up, double bounce, double bounce, up. Okay. You know, then I do like a normal rep. I think the pauses... And then the double bounces, like the double b- bounce to me is like the cheat code, to use yeah. your language. It's like the immediate, it's just a little bit more. Game Genie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember that. I remember when people got Game Genie, it was like, oh my gosh, he's got Game Genie. <laughs> First game I ever used it on Resident Evil 2 to beat it under two hours, because I, I wasn't like an adult. I was like a kid. I was like, I'll never be able to do this. And so then you put that on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was like the PED. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of video games. Yeah. All now, right. I, I think I think it's like, I think for me that that would be my version of mobility. Okay, so old, like you're older, and we get it. Like you're not training professionally necessarily. Yeah. You have. I'm not. Well, you're a different story. I'm talking about like me or maybe yeah, someone yeah. listening. Like, all right, we get it. Like, yes, warm up's important. No doubt about it, but sometimes like life dictates like yeah you have you to gotta, go. you have to prioritize yes. what to do. So to mobilize, there's ways around it, right? Like yeah. you know, do a double bounce, do a pause with your lighter weights, do a little bit more variety. Dude, I even think there's there is a point of say like my bar, my seventy. I'm gonna do 15 reps. I'll okay. do 15 reps, and it and you know, it's not enough to to tax you. It's, it's going to get your blood flowing. It's going to get your, your joints loosened up. And then you could go, you know, 110, 120, 130, and you feel better. Is there any sort of... I wouldn't recommend that. Right, right. Would there be any benefit then to say you don't have time to warm up, but you're sitting in the office and, like, no one else is around, and it's like, uh, let me start doing some, like, warm-up things? Yes, I, I think... <laughs> so my best example of this personally was... When I, when Lincoln, my oldest son, you know, he was a newborn, so he was like three, four months old. Four months old, my wife went back to teaching. 
So Caitlin goes back to teaching. She's pumping all day. And, and so I would have a full bottle of breast milk and I'd warm it up and I'd feed Lincoln. And within like, you know, 10 minutes afterwards, he would start to get a little groggy and, and start to get his first nap in the morning because it would be right around like 8.30, 8 o'clock. So maybe even a little bit earlier because he'd wake up at 5. Um, so I would start to do mobility work in the living room because I would drive to the gym. I'd drive to the barn and I would throw. And so I would actually do like, that was probably the best mobility period of my life was I was doing like 10 to 15 minutes of thoracic rotation, hip work, uh, ankle work. And then I'd drive over, I'd drive 10 minutes over. Okay. And on the drive, Lincoln would fall asleep and then I'd throw. So I'd have like a 15-minute warm-up. I'd do the drive, which would sort of stink, but I'd make the car so hot that I would stay like sweating. Your internal and, sauna. Yeah, and then uh, Lincoln would be in the back and just be completely out because it'd be so hot. He'd yeah. just be like, all right, I'll, I'll fall asleep. So like to answer your question about the office, the office work, I, I think there is point to that. Yeah, even if it – in your example, it sounds like it was pretty close in time frame. What yeah. happens if it's like – hours removed i think it's still good because i think as you're getting old i think once you get over 30 dude i think it's good to do mobility like two or three times a day like you know you 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 could there's some guys that are like physios like that they'll they'll tell you like three sessions at 10 to 12 minutes a day is phenomenal for being like limber and for for overall like mindfulness even okay. because now you're also disconnecting from from any electronics, your any work, any distraction, um, now you can you can start to feel positions a little bit better, and you might even notice. I think you might even notice. Oh man, my you know my hips a little tight today, or my knee. I wonder what happened. And then you start to correlate it back to, well, yesterday you know I went for a nine mile run, or, or that's tomorrow. Yeah, okay, that's <laughs> or or you know I did single leg squats or whatever it is, and then you start to have better correlation to what movements might cause what issues or okay non-issues man talking about mobility for us like geezers here yeah straight geezers yeah salt and pepper graybeards <laughs> but like it makes me think especially when you're talking about like the meditation and focus i used to go and do hot yoga yeah i still want to go do it it's just fun like you go in you lose 10 pounds and you like step on the scale. You're like, oh, look how thin I am today. <laughs> you go eat dinner and it's all yeah, back. It all comes back completely. Anyway, you have like 10 glasses of water. I used to do it on a Friday. Okay. And I would go and it was like a, it was sort of like a free, it wasn't a free practice. The instructor led it and you follow the instructor. And I enjoyed it. Like it was intense. Like, you know, you're in a sauna and you're doing yoga. Yeah. And, like you're holding positions. And this guy who would lead it would do some power poses. So you're doing like inversions and things like that. I started doing like side crows and I was like, how can I do this stuff? Yeah. And like I got really aware of like, all right, my right leg and hip is nowhere near as What's mobile that? as my left. Yeah. Yeah. And just started feeling those things out. Anyway, I would go lift then Saturday mornings. And I would catch a snatch and I'd be like, why do I feel like a rubber band? Because you're you're probably more mobile in the one. I mean, you're more mobile in the side that was more yeah. typically more stiff, I think. And I, I even think you can lose a little bit of elasticity yeah, and to a point. To a point. I remember you telling me to, you would say Dr. sometimes that, to say that. You would say to me, you may be even too mobile yeah. sometimes. 
in like because you are and, generally pretty mobile. Yeah, I, yeah. I was you. I would say I was a firm believer in uh, longer muscles or stronger muscles, like, which is accurate. But there's also but I was also I think a little uninformed in my thought. Yeah, I didn't have enough input knowledge to it, where I was passively training the long muscle okay. more than. St stabilized type of training yeah, through yeah, the long yeah, range yeah, of yeah, motion. Yeah, yeah. Um, which brings me then to like, all right, talking about that, like mobility and how it impacts actual like athlete sports performance. I mean, I think I think it, it impacts it, dude. It's crazy because you could have. I'll, I'll use Nick uh, Singleton as an example. He is so tight in his hips and his shoulders. He's ungodly tight. But he's a tightly wound person. He's like one of those guys that like when he would lay down, like he, he probably could choke himself out with his pecs. Like even though he's not that big, he's so tight in his shoulders, he's probably like, ah, you know, like with his hands up over his head. But so, so for someone like him, having more mobility and training through that full range of motion is like imperative, I think. I think it's, it's, it's really important for his general health because typically people who are tightly wound and and very elastic and, and really t like using this i think we use this on the last one actually where we said he's twitchy like using that um to determine i, I think it's important to to recognize that some people are really really tight and it's really good to train through that full range of motion all the time you know so i think you know, I'm not as tight naturally as Nick would be, me personally, um, but I think I benefit from full range of motion incredibly, incredibly so. And I think most athletes will, unless you have sometimes, I would say, the like one of the few sports where I've seen um, people who are just like so out of touch with their body, sometimes swimmers. Okay. Sometimes swimmers are so hypermobile, and that's where I would say you've got to analyze somebody's movement and say, all right, are they hypermobile? Are they just very mobile? Or are they like, they're pretty mobile, but we got to train that, you know, someone like yeah. myself or Nick or, you know, somebody like that. Sometimes somebody who's extremely hypermobile, and you'll see that sometimes with swimmers, I would back off of like, um, maybe some like really really deep range of motion overhead stuff but otherwise you know some snatches i think you could you could move their grip in a little bit more to increase their stability um but otherwise dude i think it's just in, it's incredibly important to train strength through all those ranges of motion especially in open skilled sports because if you're in an open skilled sport you're going to be right. you're going to be you need to be able to coordinate and recruit and be stable in all those different patterns you say about the hypermobility and my mind immediately went to in the weight room because you even said it too, like a close grip snatch. And then I thought of someone squat jerking too. Yeah. Like movements where like most mobile, normal people struggle with that. Yes. Those movements. Yeah. From a mobility standpoint. But when you see someone do it, like, I don't know, like one of the Chinese weightlifters, squat yeah. jerk, squat right? Squat jerk or, or Jake, Jake's got a good right, close grip they're snatch. They're hypermobile, but they're stable in those positions. Yes, yeah. Um, and then you talk about open field sports because those are closed skill sports. Right? Yeah. Weightlifting, do the same thing. Over the barbell yeah. is just going to do what the barbell does. Yeah. Um, we get to the open skill. There's more chaos going on. There's more inputs coming in that you yeah. have to deal with from like an awareness standpoint and a perception standpoint. 
and I immediately think of like wrestling. Yeah. And like, all right, be strong like this now. And how, like, there is a sense to like that hypermobility, but then I also see this sense of like, what happens if you can't get me into that position? Yeah. Because I'm so stable in this other one. Yeah. And how that functions then from a mobility standpoint and sports performance standpoint. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's, it's chaos coordination. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, if I have, if I, if I, I'm thinking about like a wrestler who, you know, somebody who would be, who would be extremely mobile. If, if you've ever heard of Nico Megalutis, he's an NCAA champ, uh, Penn State. He would hit splits and try to like, he'd hit, he'd hit a split if somebody was deep in on his leg. And he was so mobile that, you know, when he's in the split, people couldn't finish their takedown because he would just get into these wacky positions that people didn't, they were never used to that because yeah, they they'd never had, yeah, they had never been on the offense and somebody hit a split. So he'd hit this weird split. But if, if, if Megalutis had a little bit more, let's just, to, to play devil's advocate, if he had a little bit more stability in earlier range, he may not have ever really necessarily needed to hit that split. So it's like, it's a. I mean, I think you're right on both both fronts. It's like, you want to have the stability and that that chaos coordination and all these different ranges, but you also want to be mobile enough that you can get into a precarious position and still get out of it. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I, I wonder if like it was. Uh, he he found a way ar around it to prevent it. Yeah. So he went all in on that one. Yeah, it yeah, was, like, that, was he, that was like his move. And created like this idiosyncratic way of doing things. And yeah. it's like, all right, prepare for me now. Like, yeah, because that's that's what yeah. I can do. Yeah, no, that I mean that's also that's probably more so what happened. But then him. I bet too, at the same time, since he was in those extreme ranges of motion, he developed a stability in that through in them. That, in that pattern, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's intriguing to think about someone who's like and you got to think there's some cases where he could hit that split and defend himself, whereas someone like me, I could, I would get taken down. You know, right. you go belly down in a in a in a really deep position because you're just like, dude, I got to give up this takedown because I can't get out of this. Yeah. Whereas he was so mobile in his hip, it's, it was different. What weight class was he? Twenty five. Oh, so super super light. Yeah. Then he went up to I think he was a thirty three. He might have been a thirty three the year he won it. He was twenty five most of the time prior to that, and then he. Post-collegiately, I want to say he was a 61 and a 57K. See, now you have me thinking about mobility and how it impacts relative strength versus absolute strength. And when you say he was in, like, the lightest two weight classes in the sport, I, automatically I think, well, you can get away with the relative strength. Yeah. Because you don't – it's like where if you get up to the upper weights, they couldn't get away with it because – with how the absolute, like, sort of has, like, it this – It takes off. This, like, yeah. demarcation point. Yeah. I, I think – I mean, yeah, you're right. And I also, I mean, to also play the, the game here going back to him specifically, I don't think, now he wasn't as talented as a wrestler at, at 25 and 33 or 57 and 61 as some of the guys who ended up winning medals, world medals. So he never really made a team after college. But I also think that his hypermobility and his hip hips actually played a negative role in his performance on the mat. And I'm not taking anything away from the guy. He's a beast wrestler. But I actually think because he was so hypermobile, I do think that if somebody has too much mobility, too, or well, let's say passive flexibility, there's a, <coughs> there's a point where um, 
I do believe that they can they can lack explosive coordination. <coughs> what are you what are you swallowing your? Uh, <coughs> is that how you cough? You co oh you're covering. Yeah. You're covering your. I was like, what are you covering your that? That's how you cough. I didn't realize you're covering your mic. <coughs> it's an audio thing. They don't want to hear me coughing. <laughs> so I I don't know if that makes sense, but I think I think. Dude, here's the whole thing with mobility. It's like. It's like the ugly stepchild of sports performance. It, I mean, is that? Yeah, that's the way. That's the. That's I the guess right. I don't know. It, it, I don't it's have just any step kids. <laughs> it's it's just like a. It's it's a necessary thing that everybody should be doing more frequently, and if they did it for six months, they'd see it. They'd see the benefit behind it. I think Sam is a really good example. He's somebody who is really in tune with his mobility, and for how big he is, he's very very mobile um and i i think what you see go the the quickest is somebody who's not focused on their mobility and if they're not focused in specific ranges their ankles their ankle mobility goes first then they start to have knee pain and then they start having back problems or or ankle right to the back because yeah. what happens is your knees don't track then you lean forward and then you you know you're not used to it and then you start hurting your back. Would you say mobility of the ankle could be, or how would it be, or why would it be the most important joint to have mobility in? I mean, I'd say it probably is, because if you, if you can hold good dorsiflexion in the hole, if, if I have poor dorsiflexion, okay, if my knees can't track forward and I'm snatching, and uh -huh. I'm snatching for sport, for sports performance, to make up for my knees not being able to track forward, I have to put my chest forward. When I put my chest forward, that puts stress on my lower back and my shoulders and my elbows. Because now I'm here with my chest to the floor instead of being very upright with more, more bone structure supporting. So me hearing that, I think of building a base. Mm -hmm. And from mobility, where it, the lower, closer you get to the floor, the more important the mobility is because that's where the base is. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I would say that's probably right because, it, it, you know, then you look at, all right, let's make sure you have good ankle mobility. What's the next one? All right, let's make sure your hips are mobile. Next, now, now shoulders. Like, shoulders are very important to be mobile in. Right, but you can hide them maybe a little bit If you bit have more. better ankle mobility, yeah. Especially in an open skill sport that yes. you're on your legs the whole time. Yes, I agree with that for sure. That, that might be why you see so many people that are incredibly athletic on a football field, but you ask them to snatch. And they look and terrible. Look, yeah. Same with wrestlers are similar to that too. Yeah, I agree with that. Because it's not like we're going around walking on our wrist and our... Right, and our, you know, yeah, doing handstand walks. Yeah, here we go. Could you imagine, like, in some alternate, like, universe and, like, Everybody Rick and Morty or something, and the, <laughs> humans just walk on their hands instead of their feet? That's like... Um, Kerry Colott's dad built monkey bars in his whole house, and I always said that I used, I used to want to do this as a parent. So his he would his dad to get from room to room would make him would make him climb his monkey bars throughout the house. Oh my goodness! And he was a yeah yeah exactly <laughs> four time state champ, like the best high school wrestler ever from PA, but also probably has some deep rooted problems yeah. too. <laughs> You told me you walked to dinner tonight? <laughs> yeah. Go back and, and climb down here. <laughs> yeah. Make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. All right. So mobility. So if we say the ankles are numero uno, yeah. you're saying shoulders are number two then? Probably, yeah. 
All right. So what do we do? I think though hips are are very important. Hips are important too. Yeah. Why would you let's say the hips are more important than the shoulders? Why are they more important than the shoulders? I think the the so so okay. So I don't think I think it's hard to say one's more important. Well, we're gonna say it even if it's okay, not. Okay. We're not taking. I've that seen people but, with mobile ankles but tight hips, and what happens is they don't go to. Let's say they're snatching. They don't go to a full range of motion, and what I've seen happen is they their knees track so far forward that their heels start to pop. So their ankle mobility is good. Their heels start to pop, and they like they like sit everything onto their toes as much as possible because their lower back and hips aren't mobile, and that ends up when the heels start to pop. That's when your knees start to get uh, stress. And I also think that does lead to, to back pain. Okay. Um, how do you, like, diagnose, like, the prescription to fix that? Like, what do you start having athletes do? I start having athletes eat, pausing in the hole, uh, doing more single leg squats with a longer front foot. Why does the longer front foot? I think it opens up their groin, their whole groin area, and it wakes up their glute in a deeper position, in a more lengthened position. Um, I also, I mean, I'll even do it too where we go shorter and I want their knee to go forward until their, their heel, like to right on that line of their heel popping. Um, zombie squats too also sort of force their their hips into a, yeah, a good you, position. You Otherwise you'll die. Or, um, or you just get really, really strong like uh, lats and stuff. Yeah. Just, just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think that would be like the next th thing, but also, dude, I love. I've been obsessed with ninety ninety and ninety ninety hip extensions. So like, doing ninety nineties hip here, and then doing a ninety ninety hip extend up on your knees, back down ninety hip extend okay. back and forth, and and every person, dude, I'll have kids that can't even hip extend like the first three or four reps. And if I pull them up and they do a slow eccentric by like the fifth one, they start to they start to extend better and then they squat better. Is that the reason they're unable to do that at first? Do you think that's a neural thing? Uh, engaging the muscles? I think so, muscles? yeah, I think so. Like it's so not so much a mobility? I think, right. it's, I think their nervous system is not, it's, 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 a, it's a mobility issue that has prevented the nervous system from really firing properly in that region. Okay. And then you work through that, and, and it's basically like, yo, you're supposed to be working here. And then the, then the nervous system's like, oh, okay. So I'm going to hypothesize here that a lack of mobility can create like an almost, we'll say like a neural buildup where signals can't flow. Yeah, it's almost like that that <laughs> hokey, like, you got a garden hose that's Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Nah. Yeah. And through lack of mobility, you, in a sense, or any athlete, yeah. can limit sort of what their muscles can do. It can sort of put a detriment in co-contractions. Yep, yes. It, it could allow, because you just can't get into positions, muscles won't grow as large. Yes. They won't fire. They yes. will lead to asymmetries. Yep. So it, it seems like as much as mobility, like we, like me as old man doesn't want to do it, and thankfully like I'm past my prime, if you will, where yeah. it doesn't really matter so much. But for anyone involved in sports performance who wants to be at that top level, wants to be competitive, like if you don't do this, you have to telescope what's going to happen down the line yeah. for how it will impact you. 
Yeah, and I, I also just think, too, it, it it gives you a massive advantage on your overall feeling. And if you're doing mobility, I think what my athletes that do consistent mobility, I trust how they're feeling way more. Okay. But I also just think, dude, it, it's it's the way the world is. Like, dude, if you want to be one of the best in your area, it's really good for recovery. It's really good for mindset. It's really good for awareness. If you think you're going to be one of the best weightlifter, wrestler, football player, you know, thrower, whatever it is, and you don't want to do that, you're trying. It's basically saying, I don't want to eat enough protein to recover. I don't want to squat enough. It's the same thing. It's literally just part of the game. Yeah, you're sabotaging. You're, yeah, you're completely sabotaging yourself. You're doing yourself. yourself dirty. Absolutely. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> do we have any audience questions? Not that I know. What's your favorite mobility exercise? My favorite one? Like, from a yoga standpoint or just mobility? Both. Oh, from mobility, squatting. Uh, That's I'll, fair. I'm all about, like, I, I love, when I'm at work, I'll be walking around and I will literally just squat. Squat. Yeah. And I can usually tell how mobile or unmobile I am with if I need to go on my toes. And then do a couple of them. Until I can get my hips down with my whole foot plant down. And that used to never be a problem when I was weightlifting daily. Like it would just happen automatically. But now since I started focusing more on like running. And I still squat. Like it, it doesn't happen like that. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like I have to... It's usually like, oh, I go down. I can hit parallel, no problem. Like, like we said, I'm pretty mobile. Like, I can right. hit a deep range of motion squat. Yeah. And I have to go. If you ever see, uh, who's the German weightlifter? He's like this 81, 77. Oh, um, gosh. Darn. You know, everyone yeah, knows him. Super quick. Yeah. 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 Max Lang. Max Lang, yeah. And how he does the, like, the knee down and up. Yeah. Like, I basically have to do that with my hips till my ankles will allow my heels to hit. Okay. That's my number one. In yoga, I love hitting, I think it's like a crow pose. Yeah. I don't even know if it's a stretch. Like, it's just <laughs> fun just like, to do. Yeah. That, and I love doing inversions. Okay, yeah. And I had this one, the same instructor I would go to, he would, at the end, all the time, he'd have us do, like, a wheel, which is, like, you're basically in a bridge. Yeah. Like, if you were a wrestler. Yeah. I could, he'd have us do push-ups. I could, like, do that. The one thing I could never do in that bridge, he would alternate his legs and kick them up. It was the hardest. So you go, like, back and forth? Yeah, like, in a bridge, and he'd kick his leg up. So he'd look like... I see. Like, he was bridge, and the one leg was up. So it almost looked like an upside-down, like, U-shaped Y. Yeah, yeah. And he would alternate the legs. And I remember trying to do it in the, like, sort of, ab and quad activation through the anterior sequence that was required i was like i can't like it it won't happen yeah like i was like i have to fall down to do i think that's the interesting part with yoga is it's actually what we were talking about earlier with with some of those athletes with the the hip movements is it's a longer version of that where there's a lot of poses that you just won't be able to do even if you're even if you can deadlift 700 pounds it doesn't matter you don't have the coordination yet to hold that position for me, it's, uh, I wanted to tell, to tell you, because uh, this was in one of our YouTube videos. I forget which one it was. It was recently, probably about a month ago, but Caitlin watched it. It was, uh, and she was watching it with me, and she's like, oh my, it was when I did the close grip snatches. Oh. It was like mobility for old guys or whatever, and I was doing the close grip snatches, and she was like, one. she's like, oh my gosh, you're so tight. And then by like the third or fourth rep, she's like, 
that's not as bad as I thought it would be. But whenever I do it, I'll go from like, uh, <laughs> to like slowly opening up. And that's when I, if I do pre like snatch presses in the hole, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll spasm in my back. All right. So that makes me feel like I'm actually doing something. Last time I hurt my hip was from doing snatch presses in the hole. I hurt my lower back coming back oh, down. Oh, yeah, when you, yeah, I, I remember like you caught said it. And yeah. I was like, oh, and you I You were hurt for like five days. No, I, I, thought, I thought I was hurt for five days. I was hurt for like months. <laughs> like I couldn't catch things. And it, it gets so, I was talking to my wife and I said, because she's going through some like pains with like exercise. And yeah. I was like, I remember when I hurt my wrist. Trying, like, it was 130. Yeah. Caught Cleaning. it, and, and my wrist went, and I, like, wrist hurt. I couldn't snatch, like, a hundred. Yeah. For, like, weeks. Like, it was painful. I would go to front squat. I, I could not Hold drive it. in through my right side because of my wrist. And I was like, it's amazing how something, like, where you think, oh, it's squatting. Like, your wrist doesn't matter. Yeah, And does. all of a sudden, like, you lose 30 kilos on a lift because you can't push into it. Yeah. And it, it was, like infuriating and it's also your body signaling like back off yeah yeah i don't listen yeah. <laughs> yeah. all right make sure you're doing your your yoga and your mobility i want to try and do a better job of doing mobility yeah. i don't know when i'm going to do it but i'm going to try maybe at you some should, point. uh the twins give them their bottles <laughs> they're three years old <laughs> oh whatever you know what i mean I until next to time your youngest Keenan, oh. Yeah. Cultivate your power. Peace. Bye-bye.